Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best truck bed cover on the planet. If you're like me and you carry a bunch of expensive stuff in the back of the truck and you don't want that stuff to grow legs, then you absolutely need a Diamondback. It makes the back of your truck a vault. So you don't want anybody leaving with your expensive camera gear or your hunting gear. And it also holds 1,600 pounds on the top. So you can strap those Pelican cases right on the top like I do all the time and take off down the road and you don't have to worry about them. If you are not following us on social media, please do at Redneck Tech Podcast on Instagram and Redneck Tech Podcast on Facebook. You can find us at both of those places. Um, on this episode, I really wanted to talk about 2018 and what an awesome year it was and what I learned. I thought it would be a good way to kind of talk about what we learned throughout the year and uh, kind of talk about the goals for 2019. It was an awesome year. Extremely blessed best financial year, best business year I've ever had, you know, starting the beginning of this year is when I was completely off on my own, wasn't doing any contract work with anybody else. And, um, it was awesome. Had an absolutely amazing, amazing year. Super blessed. Started out the very beginning of the year with my little girl being born, my third kid, Mary Taft. And, uh, the next day I was in WTF meeting with clients. So it's been a very busy year. All in all, this year, we went to 16 states and two countries to film and create content for clients. Uh, I added a bunch of new states that I'd never been to this year. I say a bunch, two or three. And then um, added two really big clients this year that were, that blew my mind that I was, you know, I was someone that they would trust to, to create content for them. And... Um, and have had a really good time doing it and working with those people. And with all that, created a lot of new goals for myself and a lot of added pressure. But it, you know, it was good. That's a good thing, you know, because that strives to make us, you know, to make me better, to continue moving forward, to continue to create good content. And like, I apologize that this podcast has taken so long. You know, I'm trying to get them out once a week and I'm not doing a very good job. Got a lot of new listeners I'm seeing on the numbers, um, and a lot of people rewatching or re-listening, or a bunch of even more new people than I, you know, realize because a lot of the old episodes are being listened to, you know, all the way back from the beginning, which is a good thing because maybe some people are finding out about it, and um, you know, hopefully they're learning something because, like I said from the very beginning, the reason I did this is so I could learn, so you could learn. Anyway, enough about that. What have we learned this year? So. Our busiest year ever, best financial year ever. What did we learn? First thing I learned was not to price yourself to get a job. What I mean by that is early this year I had a gig come across, you know, come to me. And uh, it was a lady that needed a project done and I met with her and... She talked to me about price and this, that, and the other, and you know where I would be. And she told me I was at the very top of her budget, at a certain number, and I really didn't want to charge that. I wanted to charge a whole lot more because I knew it was going to be an extremely tough project. And instead, I thought, well, if I price it at this, I'll definitely get it. 
And at the time, I didn't have a ton of work lined up, so I kind of needed the project. So I price it a lot lower than I'd like to. Well, when you price something lower than you'd like to, you're going to get it every time. What I learned was if you don't price something for what you're going to be happy with, it's going to be a miserable project. And this one was a miserable, never-ending project. It took me six months to do something that should have taken me three weeks. And I learned a lot more than just how to price something, not just to make myself happy. But another thing I learned is some clients need an education. And what I and I don't mean that being facetious. Essentially what I mean by a client needs an education is a lot of clients aren't familiar with the with the production process of how to film and edit and pre-production and planning and shooting interviews and going back and shooting, you know, cuts and, you know, re, you know, redos and fixes and everything like that. And it's and it is an involved process and I I price things based on that normally. And then, you know, there's that certain X factor that you either add or take away from a project depending on what, um, you know, what the project is going to entail. And this one was going to be involved. And I figured it was going to take about nine days uh, total, five days to shoot, four days to edit. So uh, it ended up taking, I think, the, you know, at the end of it, it took six months to finish the project. But I think I was like 19 days total into this project because my client had never done anything on camera. She had never been on camera. She'd never talked to a camera before. She had a great personality talking to her, but when you put her in front of a camera, she fell apart. And it took a lot of coaching. It took a lot of redos. It took a lot more time to shoot than I thought. Because one reason was because she wasn't good on camera. The other reason was because she would see herself after we were done filming and not like how she looked and would want to redo it. And that was my fault for not either building that time in or making it clear in the beginning that when we redo things and we reshoot things because you don't like how you look, that's going to cost more. That takes more time. And that was my fault. I didn't do a very good job of clearing that up for her or doing a good job of making that black and white. We had a contract, but those things weren't put in the contract. And that's my fault. So that's time that I ate. And that's time that took away from other things. So... It, w- it was tough. And one thing I thought about doing is when I have a new client or a client that's not familiar with production or has, you know, done, you know, been around this type of, you know, thing very much is I almost thought about creating a questionnaire that asks certain questions that would really give me a good determination and idea on where is this person in terms of understanding how long this is going to take, have they ever been on camera before, do they understand the post-production process? And just ask a couple of simple questions around this. And that will give me a really good idea of, okay, this person's going to need a lot of hand-holding and this person's not. And uh, if it's somebody that's going to need a lot of hand-holding, you've got to factor that into your your you know what you're going to charge. And I didn't do that. And that's something that I learned the hard way. And essentially a $5,000 project I lost money on because instead of it taking me nine days, it took me way more than that. Something... um. Another thing that I learned is last minute. So a lot of times in this world, especially in the hunting world, if the weather gets well, and the weather the weather gets well, if the weather is right in a certain place, and the, you know the ducks are flying or the deer are moving or the elk are bugling, you've got to go right then. You know, there's no planning that six months out. You get a call from a client, hey, I just had an outfitter call me. He's got 
this deer is showing up. We've got to go now. Well, one thing that I'm good at that I had to really be good at this year is being prepared for this. And, what, and the way that you're prepared for this is when you get home from another trip, you're organized and your gear's ready to go on another one. You don't come back, throw it all over your house, you know, dirty clothes everywhere. You've got to make sure you get in, you repack and everything. And you're ready. And like, I can go like from sitting right here in my chair, I can be in my truck ready to go in less than an hour if I had to be. And I've had to do that so much. That's just second nature to me is, is I can get my stuff ready. I know where everything's at. I know where everything's charged. I know everything's dumped. Everything's cleared. I can go right now because if you're that guy that says, Oh man, it's going to take me a certain amount of time to either get to the airport or I can't go today. It's going to take me a day or two to get ready. You miss out on the job. You miss out on the work. You've got to be ready to go right now. And you have to educate and be, you know, your significant other, has to be on the same page with that too, because that's part of this business is being able to pick up and go at any given moment. So I always try and make sure I do that. Another thing that I started doing this year that I was, I'm completely in love with, and I'm actually going to open it while I'm talking to you is I use Google drive for anything data related other than video and music, all my papers, all my contracts, all my, spreadsheets all my proposals all my documents all my llc's all my all that stuff is saved in the cloud under my one of my gmail accounts and what i did this year is i created a spreadsheet that i call my client master sheet and essentially what it has is i've got one two three four five six seven line items that i fill out every time and I keep up with who's been billed, who hasn't been billed. And essentially what it is, is it's, I've got a list for a client, list the date, the invoice number, is this a monthly or not monthly for content clients, the units, how much the bill was, how much expense I had in that trip, and then what the net profit on that trip was. And I just have a long running list, like this, this list this year has uh, 73 items on it of essentially billable things that I did this year. So I've got that whole number and I, I, I color code them to where each line is color coded to point, you know, according to whether it's been billed, paid, not paid, partially paid or not billed yet. And that's how I keep up with everything I'm doing, everything that's been paid and everything that's not been paid. And I essentially use that to not only keep up to see how well I've been doing or how not well I've been doing, but to keep up with, you know, roundabout when I was here, when I was there, who I was with, you know, I have a note section out next to each one of them if I need to. Um, I put potential client work on the bottom and I just essentially it keeps me organized and I keep up with all my financials that way. I can have this one spreadsheet. I brought it to my um, this spreadsheet and I have another tab on the bottom of the spreadsheet with write offs that I keep next to it. And I, I keep up with that after every trip. I come down here, I sit down, create my invoices, put them in my my sheet and uh, fill out my write-offs for anything that I did on that trip, whether it was miles or whatnot. I print this one sheet off or I send it to my accountant at the end of the year. She puts it with all the other, you know, 1099 data and my taxes are done. I'm done throughout the season. I don't have to sit down for two or three days after the season's over and, and keep up with all this stuff. Oh, and there's my little boy. He must've went pee pee in the potty. You went pee pee? Yeah. You did? He is no, potty training, so he is... Oh, you pooped. Even better. So you got a cookie? Give me five. Hey, 
Can I come down there in just a minute and get you? Can I come downstairs in just a minute and get you? Okay, I'll be down there in just a minute, buddy. I love you. All right, be careful. And that was my little boy, everybody. But anyway, I've used this spreadsheet to really stay organized this year, and I've I really like it. Um, I've already started my new one for 2019. I've already got a couple line items in there that are going to be billed after the first year, which today is January the second. So that is what's that's what's going on. Um, I love Google Drive. Love Google. You know, I'm an Apple Google guy. I'm sorry. I just whether you're a hater or not, that's what I use, that's what I like, that's what I enjoy. Um, the next thing I learned was being gone. And I'm, I'm used to being gone. I've been gone for the last seven years doing this job. I've, You know, I'm gone on and off. This year I was gone, hmm, I would say, probably more than I've ever been gone. And uh, I need to figure out how many days I was away this year. But anyway, um, what you've got to learn about being gone is you've got to make time for things when you get, when you are home. Um, and I'm not great at this, but I'm trying to get better at it. You've got to spend time with your kids and your family and your significant other. You've got to do your honeydews. Um, take your significant other out. Do those type of things. But even, you know, more importantly than that, there's other things that you have to do. You know, you have to renew licenses, tags. You've got to do your taxes. You've got to do all the other crap that you cannot do when you're gone. So you've got to make sure that you plan for those things and make time for them because they're essential to life. And when you don't and you're gone all the time and you don't come home and straighten all that out, like with me, like other freelancers, when they're when they're out on the road, they're filming. They hand over their footage at the end of filming. They come home and they're essentially off until they go film again. Well, I'm never off when I'm home. People ask me, are you know, you're, you're off now that you're home? And I'm never off because... I always have editing to do. Like I've got three things right now that I need to be editing. And instead I'm sitting here talking to a podcast because I haven't done one in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. And, um, I try and this, this essentially is another way for me to keep up with what I need to be doing and kind of for me to stay accountable as well. So it's kind of dual purpose, but when you're gone, you got to make time for the stuff that you were supposed to do while you were here. Another thing is don't get behind and, that kind of goes hand in hand with what I was just talking about because when you get back from a long trip, like this year on my elk season, I was gone for 25 straight days. You get home from those, from that long of a trip where you've been grinding it for 25 days, you just want to take a day or two off. And if you can, awesome, go for it. This year, I got home from that trip and I wanted to take a week off, but I didn't have time to take a week off. Being gone for 25 days meant I had three or four edits I needed to get out. You know, and I've built my business on being able to turn things really quickly. If I take a week off, that's a week that those things aren't going to get put back out. So, you know, I ended up taking like a, a day or a day and a half off and then getting right back after it. Because if I get behind, then that puts everything else behind. The season is only so long, so you have to take advantage of things while you're, you know, while you have the time. And when you're home, man, you got to get after it. You're home, you should be resting, and I can rest and work at the same time. I, I, it kind of sounds funny, but when I'm sitting here behind the computer, is a lot more rest for me than climbing a mountain elk hunting, especially when you're as out of shape as I am. Um, especially when trips get strung back to back to back. Those really take a toll on me. Um, and, and that was another thing I learned this year, is you got to take care of yourself. Um on those long elk trips, I wasn't sleeping as well, especially when you're at higher elevations, it's harder to sleep. 
um, you know, sleeping on, you know, the ground or, you know, like a, like a sleeping pad or something like that. And, and it's cold and it's hard to sleep. And there's, you know, a week or so there, I didn't sleep very good. And that, and I went on my personal elk hunt in the middle of that trip and it made it really hard for me. And I struggled because I had, I just hadn't been resting. So you just got to take care of yourself as simple as that sounds. You know, if you're not sleeping, you've got to get sleep. If you're not eating, you've got to eat, you know, you, you know what your body needs. And mine was not getting any sleep. I, anybody that knows me knows that I do not do, I do not do well without sleep. Another thing that I, and, and I didn't do this year, but I tried to make a really conscious effort of was not to get in a rut. I filmed a couple of series this year and, um, I wanted to make sure I didn't get caught doing the same thing for each series and filming them the same way and making everything look the same to really make a conscious effort of being creative and keeping things fresh. When you do a shoot after a shoot, after a shoot, after a shoot, come home, go back on another shoot and another shoot. It's really easy just to kind of standardize what you're doing and how you're shooting things. And it's simpler and you can probably get away with it for a little bit, but eventually if you do that long enough, you're going to lose your edge. And like I was sitting here looking, I'm trying to put together a reel for this year, which I don't even know if I'm going to have time to do before ATA show. You know, essentially you've got to stay on the ball every day. You know, I try and really make a conscious effort of going through Instagram, you know, searching YouTube and trying to find new innovative, you know, ideas and things and graphics and cuts and shots. And um, I take notes of those and I watch them and I study them and I take um, I take the time to try and learn the best way to integrate those into what I'm doing. And if I didn't do that, I feel like everything would look the same and it would be simplified. And that's exactly what I don't want to do because once you start doing that, um, you're, you're going to get left behind because the competition out there is too steep to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Another thing I learned this year is keep up with your miles. And that's hard to do, but keep up with your miles when you're on the road because that's really going to help you at tax time. Like I said, I have that on my write-off sheet, but I keep up with my miles for every single trip. Probably the most costly thing that I learned this year is do not fly a drone in the ocean when you have no point of reference. Little story. I was in Key West. We were doing a bow fishing trip for Mahi Mahi, and this was in the summertime. And we were about 30 miles offshore, and I had I had the drone up, and I was flying it around. And we were in the Gulf Stream. And if anybody that doesn't know what the Gulf Stream is, you're moving it like, eight or nine miles an hour when you're sitting still because the water is actually in a stream and it's moving. So I fly the drone. I've got, you know, I've got the shots of the boat that I want. I've flown around, got a couple, you know, creative shots. And then every show, every episode of this particular web show, the ending credits always have a really long drone shot. So I point the, you know, the drone kind of out the horizon and I'm just flying away for, you know, about a minute and a half, minute, minute and a half. Well, flying it, whatever that drone flies, 25, 35 miles an hour, for that long, I got far enough away to where I couldn't see the boat. And we're 30 miles offshore, and there's no land in sight. There's no buoys. There's no towers. There's no nothing except the boat that we were just in. Well, dummy me forgot to set the home point to the remote and not to where I took off. Because where I took off was in the was in the Gulf in the Gulf Stream, which is not where the boat's at anymore. So I get way up in the air and I'm trying to find the boat and I can't find it. And I was like, okay, no big deal. I'll just hit my home button. Well, I hit the home button, and uh, 
drone takes off towards home. It gets to the home point. There's no boat. And about that time, it hits me. Well, the boat's been moving at 8 miles an hour, and I've been pl- flying for about 10 minutes. So I have no idea where the boat is. I fly around, and I fly around trying to find the boat. The five or six guys are on the boat. Everybody's looking and listening, trying to hear or see the drone. My battery is dwindling very quickly, and long story short, I never found the boat, and I never got my drone back. It's at the bottom of the Atlantic in about 700 feet of water, and it was really tough to know that a you know a thousand fourteen hundred R drone is at the bottom of the ocean. But the even harder part was, I had two or three days worth of drone footage on the drone that I really needed for that trip. That would really set that trip apart from just the on-deck perspective because it would just been one angle. I could have really changed the angle, told the story better by having the footage. I would have rather lost the drone and had the footage than to lost the footage and had the drone. And now I have neither one of them. And uh, that was a lesson I learned. So if you're ever out flying your drone offshore, if you do not have a point of reference, don't fly. If you, if you want to fly, make sure you never lose sight of your boat. And if you're in the jet stream, it's going to be hard to take off and land because the boat's constantly moving. You're never still. So, word to the wise. Another thing that I just learned literally last week is if you're ever traveling around Christmas time, flying from airports, tell your client they're crazy because it is nuts. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes you have to do it. Um, I went to the airport on the 27th and it was an absolute madhouse. I've flown quite a bit, but terrible, terrible, terrible. And Atlanta airport's terrible anyway. So I flew out of Atlanta. I missed, I almost missed my flight. I got on board and they closed the door behind me about two minutes. I was the last person on the plane. It's the first time that's ever happened to me because I'm always early. I'm always plenty, you know, always plenty of time. Take my time going to the airport. I'm a TSA pre-check. So I normally go through the pre-check line. Well, I forgot that TSA PreCheck doesn't open in Atlanta until 4.30. Well, my flight boards at like 5.10, so I had to be through security and everything. So I had to go through general security with everybody else. Couldn't use my TSA PreCheck because they don't open, which is bullcrap in my opinion. Well, what I learned was you can get what's called clear in major airports. It's like $179 a year, which was 100% worth it for that one morning that I had to fight everybody in Atlanta. And essentially you skip even the TSA pre-check lines. It's a even higher level of security. You can sign up at the airport in about five minutes and use it that day. They escort you to the front of the line. It's amazing. Um, I've got that on the way back from San Antonio because it was a madhouse in San Antonio as well. Best money I've ever spent. And I, this TSA pre-check is like 80 bucks. And I think, I think it's good for like five or eight years, I don't remember. Clear is $170. It's only good for one year. But if you have one morning like I had, worth every penny of it. So um, that's that's a big one that I learned this year. Um, another thing that I learned is make a conscious effort to take photos when you're on video shoots. Clients absolutely love pictures. It's instant gratification. It's instant something they can share with their Either their social media, they can share with a loved one, they can share with buddies. If you take five pictures a day and edit them in Lightroom and airdrop them to somebody's phone, I'm telling you that will that will give you so many brownie points and get you hired more times than not. 
Take pictures while you're on. If you don't know how to take a good picture, learn. It's not that hard. If you don't know how to use AirDrop, I feel sorry for you. Another thing that has uh, been really beneficial is create a cloud-based location for content because it makes it not only easy on you to keep up with your content, it also saves it in the cloud where you don't have to worry about if a hard drive crashes, you lose it. Another thing, it makes it really easy for clients to not only access their content, but see who created it because they've got to go through your cloud-based platform every time to get their content. It's a real, it's kind of a win-win-win for you to do that. It makes it easy for them, makes it easy for you, and it points to you every time they want to download the content. That's another thing that I've done with the pictures this year. I've taken way more pictures this year than I've ever taken in my career, and um, saving those in the cloud has made my life a lot easier, and being able to send those to anybody from anywhere at any time and they see my location every time and ease you know ease of use every time it's it's just just another way to get brownie points and 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 almost make yourself seem bigger than you are um and that's perception is reality everybody i mean you know that um so you know those are a couple of things that i've learned this year and i think that um going forward i want to continue to learn i want to continue to grow continue to you know do better and I've got some goals for 2019. Something I wanted to do this year that I did not have time to do is I wanted to create a film, um, just a kind of a passion project. I've got two really good ideas. One of them is going to be a lot more expensive than the other, but uh, I'm not going to give you give away my film idea because it's really good and you would steal it. But uh, anyway, I've got a film idea that I've been wanting to do for a couple of years. Haven't had time to do it. My goal for 2019 is to make time to do this film. Um, another thing is I want to try and do another elk hunt or an Alaska hunt this year. Uh, I want to take my dad. I'm going to don't, I mean, my dad's not old by no means, but you never know how many more hunts you get to go on with your dad. So I want to try and go on as many as I possibly can try and book that, you know, block that time off to be able to do things with him. And, um, another goal for 2019 is Copeland Creative might be hiring. Uh, I've got a, a lot of projects in the in the forecast, a lot of work in the forecast, and uh, I might have to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it all, but my criteria to hire somebody is going to be very, very, very high because I know what I expect, um, I know what is expected of me, and essentially when someone hires me, they're expecting what I'm going to be able to do, so whoever comes in is going to have to be able to meet or beat that you know, and I, I plan on trying to hire somebody if it's possible that's better than I am, or at least has the potential to be better than I am, which that's not, that's not really holding the bar too high. Um, because if I can do this job, anybody can, I've told that to about a 10,000 people. And I truly mean that, um, it's not rocket science. It's just having a good work ethic, being organized, keeping up with your stuff and, being open to constructive criticism. And I think that's a lot of people's problem is they think they're the greatest in the world and they don't want to hear when something could be better. Anyway, with all that being said, I hope that you guys learned something from what I've learned this year. If you have not signed up for the production class, it is happening fe February the 22nd through the 24th, just outside Nashville, Tennessee. The eighth and time guys have been gracious enough to provide an awesome location um, right outside, I think it's actually in F Franklin, Franklin, Tennessee. I could be wrong. I'm kind of talking out of my butt at the moment, but, uh, February 22nd through 24th, we've got phew, only two or three spots left. 
Um, I think we've already had eight or nine guys signed up, and I'm trying to keep it, you know, under the 12, 15 mark. Just depending on how many more people sign up, I'm going to have to cut it off. But um, it's it's going to be a good good time. If nothing else, you're going to network and you're going to meet a lot of people. But I guarantee you, guarantee you, if you do not learn something that is valuable to what you're trying to accomplish, I will give you every dime of it back. Promise you. And anybody that's ever been to this class will tell you. You're going to learn some stuff. You're going to network and you're going to have a great time. I'm still really, really good buddies with everybody who's ever come to my class. Um, we have, we, we cut up, we have a good time, but we learn a lot. We talk about everything and I customize the class to who's coming. I'm not going to go over a bunch of crap that you already know. We're not going to waste time with that. It's not going to be a one-on-one course like most of the other classes out there. This is not just to show up and learn how to turn your camera on and what the shutter is. This is going to be how to create content, how to store that content, what, you know, how to create the content in the field, how to tell a story, how to shoot interviews, how to light, how to all the stuff that you want to know, how to edit it, how to bring it in, how to, you know, how to hide edits, how to smooth edits, how to bring me, you know, how to find music, how to edit to music, all, you know, all that. So, um, if you want to sign up, there is a link in the, uh, description of the Instagram at redneck tech podcast, go on there and sign up and I will see you in February. Guys, I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed it. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go on, give us five stars. If you love the podcast, go to iTunes and write a review. That would make me super, super happy. Peace. Oh.